Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find it all over at pnwa.org, or excuse me, at authormagazine.org, because we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. And they've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955, and they help writers all over the world. So if you want to sign up, be a part of that, go over to pnwa.org and find out about it. Uh, They do a great conference. I'll be teaching at that. I'll be teaching at a bunch of other conferences in the fall. But I will be doing a live in-person fearless writing event on Bainbridge Island on May 21st, Saturday, May 21st. So if you want to meet me, it's the first one I've done since COVID, so that'll be fun. And But uh, if you can't make it to Bainbridge Island, I'm going to be doing a fearless marketing and fearless writing uh, via Zoom, you know, online with Writer's Digest University. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, you can sign up for both these classes on my website, williamkanauer.com. Yes. So, all right. Good guest today, P. David Ebersole. This is a man, oh, interesting guy, because he came from a, a film background. He had quite an extensive film background, but COVID hit, and so he wrote a novel, and he wrote a good one. And uh, we talked about that, about moving from the uh, narrative nonfiction in documentaries, in film, to fiction, and well, it was a lot of fun. So P. David Ebersole is an award-winning independent filmmaker and television director working in both narrative and documentary. He was born and raised in Hollywood and is the son of a psychologist and his stepfather was the city editor of the Los Angeles Times. His credits include the documentary Hit So Hard about drummer Patty Schemmel of the seminal grunge band Hole. Along with his husband and business partner Todd Hughes, he is executive producer and director of several documentaries, including the new My Name is Lopez about trailblazing Latino rock and roller Trini Lopez, and his debut novel is 99 Miles from L.A., and here is our conversation. Enjoy. David, welcome. Welcome to the show, Mr. Author. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You know, I say, Mr. Author, this is, this, unless I'm missing something in my research shoddy as it often is i think covered that this is your first book first it novel is. for sure it, 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 it's my first book i've ghost written a book before oh. um, it's the first time that we've gotten any credit on the, on the uh, on the cover and then the publisher wanted to write it nice and big and i was very happy about that oh absolutely oh yeah it's nice it's nice cover by the way which i think you had a hand in perhaps a little bit a little bit because it's kind of our, our aesthetics but uh uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Andy Warhol book, A. It's A, and then it says Andy Warhol down below. So I sent the publisher that as like the guide to what I, graphic idea that I had. And I think this is, now this is coming, now technically as I speak to you, this has not been released. I've just, look at this, I was just looking at it and I've forgotten. When it's the public- true release date is May 17th, but I will tell you the dirty little secret, which is that Amazon has already started to ship. My friends right. are sending yep. me books and saying, yeah, yep. That's what happened. So, okay. Well, congratulations. Uh, so, as we said, this is uh, David's first 
P. David, but David, we're going to be calling him, uh, book. But you have a, uh, a long history as an artist of one kind or another. So this is not your first dalliance into the world of the arts. You come from the world of film. You are a director and producer, and that goes back a ways, yeah? Correct, yeah. I went to NYU as an undergrad. I graduated in 86, yeah. uh, one best film there, and it kind of went on from there. So I've been making movies on and off for whatever that is. Is that? Wow. I, it's wow. hard to add up anymore. How do you? <laughs> like, yeah. once, like once people start saying that the 80s are 40 years ago, I go, oh, please, oh. I can't, I can't <laughs> even get my head around that. That felt so recent to me, but okay, let's not go down that stupid road. Uh, so you, so you go to NYU, you get your film degree, and and you obviously you have an interest in narrative nonfiction uh, from from the look of it. Although I'm not sure if that's where it started, but that's what a lot of what you produced and directed. What happened was is that around 2011, we kind of made a left turn into documentary. So my husband and I are are partners in business as well as in life. And we, David, I don't, how do you, well, you can do it. You guys know how to make it work. I think, it's, you know, the homosexuals, we make it work out. Like, maybe you've got a secret. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so we've been making documentaries since 2011. We're on to our sixth feature that just got released this week. It's called My Name is Lopez about oh. the trailblazing Latino rock and roll star, Trini Lopez. Congratulations. Another, another boy, good, good month for you, huh? Right, we've got, we've got a lot going on this month. You know, we also at the same time happen to be releasing a, a pop punk boy band record that Todd what? and I are singers on. What? So we've got a movie, an album and a book. Oh, wait. I see. Okay. Because our, your, your protagonist in uh, 99 Miles from LA, what, by the way, I had a wonderful book, great read, fast read, smart, uh, noir, smart, sexy noir. I don't know what, I don't know how you want to describe it. How yeah, do you describe it? I mean, hard boiled crime fiction, you know, it, it comes out of, I think, kind of the Jim Thompson school of writing. Oh, very good. But our protagonist, not your typical hard-boiled character. Exactly. Not only is he bisexual, but he's an artist. He's a singer, singing teacher. So he's got an arts background, right? Yeah, it's a frustrated singer, someone who always right. wanted to be a singer, but ended up a teacher instead. Uh, there's, I think it start, kind of started with Truman Capote, maybe a little bit before, where they coined the term autofiction, uh, autobiographical fiction. Yep. Yep. And so there's a, there's a lot of me in the book, but, uh, but I'm not, <laughs> not too much. <laughs> Right. I'm not a person, but yeah. they're all, but it's all kind of woven into all the different characters. Well, I assume. So I, I've, I've read this. I thought this guy has a background in music, some kind of background in music. I don't know what it is, but there's no way this person is writing about music in this way that doesn't have some sort of relationship to it. And so you do, as a matter of fact. Well, when I was a kid, the first thing I wanted to be was a pop star. Now, that's a long time ago. And I actually uh, went on, a, on one of those, uh, you know, cattle call uh, auditions. Yep. So 200 kids uh, came to audition wow. for this movie called Junior High School. And I got the lead part. And it's a, it's a musical. And it turns out the reason the movie has lived on, you might think it was because of me, but no. <laughs> there's, a little, there's a little lady named Paula Abdul who was uh, oh, my co-star. What? No <laughs> so way! It lived on forever because of Paula. Oh, my uh, God. So Talk that, about the 80s. Yeah, those, were the, those were the beginnings. In high school, I moved into musical theater like many people do at that age. 
uh, and very much learned that I liked being on the other side of the camera. I'm a, a bit of a piece of wood, I think, on screen. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but I love directing, and I love the I love the the medium. I've had so much fun in kind of a life of the arts. But uh, but the dream has always been to write a book. I was an English major at UCLA. Really? Really? Uh, yeah, and so it's funny because you know everybody always writes a book hoping that the, that you know it'll get turned into a movie, and I've been right. like going the other way, desperately wanting to get myself some time to sit down and actually write a book. And that you know little thing called the pandemic came along. Oh, I <laughs> and see. I had time. Yeah, you see, I, I one of the dirty secrets of writers is that pandemic not so bad. You know, we this is what we do anyway. We just sit here and isolate, so right? And if we and if you can isolate. You'll get your work done. Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing has been, I, I published a book last June and it came out right. In the, so everything was virtual and I didn't get to do live events. But you know what? I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of very cool people through Zoom, including you. And so you, uh, your, but your interest was in, you made documentary films. And I, I would think that the challenge with documentaries, I mean, there's a lot of them, but what always strikes me when I watch them is I think about the people making it and think that poor bugger, they've got to find a story. They've got yeah. to find a story, which life is not built in stories that we have to find them, right? I would assume you are or shape proficient them, in that. that yeah. What I would say is that my, my writing across all, all the different mediums, I think, is, takes a similar path, which mm -hmm. is that I know what I call my tent poles are. So I know, say... We made a documentary about Pierre Cardin. He's born in 1922. Uh, his family escapes the the um, the fascists from Italy. He finds himself in Vichy, France. You know, he ends up in Paris. He starts his career, etc. I know tentpoles. Right. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what order they will end up in. Right. But I do know that there are certain parts of his story that are the important ones that you have to get to to tell. And the same thing with writing the book is that you know I'm setting up a crime story. I know that these characters need to meet. I know that they have to have you know these sort of complicated relationships with each other that I want to set up. I know that the, eventually there has to be the crime and the heist, then they have to hide out, then everything has to go wrong. But I don't know how all that is going right. to play out until the characters start to begin to kind of talk uh, in shape. Yes. Making a documentary is almost the same thing. Okay, how is it like, how's that, how is it, okay, so how is it like that? You go so out and acquire, um, you know, uh, interviews and information, but based on these tent poles of somebody's life. Now you bring all that back together into an editing room, and that's actually when you write. Oh. That's when you begin to put the pieces together. What order will they go in? And I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of this when people put note cards up all over the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, right? They yeah. do it in front of a lot of different forms, oh. right? People do it to write their novels too. But, you know, you put uh, note cards up all over the wall and then you can switch them around and say, oh, I think this should go before that and we shouldn't reveal that until this happens. And you build sequences and then you start trying to figure out kind of where they go. So deep. Yeah, Inside of a novel, you know, if you think about it, there's so much freedom to go into yeah direction you can suddenly decide to go into somebody's backstory you can go into the underlying history of palm springs you can go into all these different kind of um uh ideas that form the full idea and where do all of them go right like so you know that you want to you want to touch on that you know that you want to touch on that but you don't know, quite know where it's going to go yet you have all these little building blocks and you start to kind of put them together as the story takes shape and we with documentary and with the novel I think you know, suddenly you're like, aha, <laughs> I'm on the right track. The thing is going down the right road. 
it's coming together and then the characters just start to talk to you see now this is interesting to me that you this is your first novel but you recognize that the characters need to talk to you now this every novelist i've written novels uh, friends with novels we all this is something everyone knows not a lot of readers believe it but this is the way it works if it, it for 95 percent of the writers there's a few who say no no i'm the like i think nabokov said i'm i'm a galley driver and they're my you know slaves uh, right, right but <laughs> but uh you learn they have to do the talking well filmmaking is very similar and screenwriting is very similar yeah. in that once you set up good characters, once you right. set up good situations, you put people in a room and now you have strong characters with strong points of view that have already been drawn. Yeah. And now they are going to have their point of view in that scene. Yeah. Uh, the major difference between writing a screenplay and writing a book, in my opinion, is that a screenplay is a blueprint. You're writing yeah. something for other people to come in and participate in from actors to set designers, you know, if you're not directing it yourself, everybody's going to come in and do this huge collaboration to create right. the, the work of art in the end. In a book, you're all of those things at once as the writer. You yeah. are creating that in a very intimate relationship between you and the, the reader. The reader is, is visualizing instead of the film providing all of those visuals. Yeah. Yeah, the I think that it's impossible to overstate the role the reader plays in the book, although I think most readers do not understand what an active participant they are in the final product. They think it's all you, the author, but they are so responsible for what actually occurs within their imagination. They're seeing everything themselves, right? I mean, it's just a bunch of, you know, you know black lines on a piece of paper. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and they're picturing it. And, you know, it's such an active thing. I think it's why so many writers are readers first. And so I assume you were a, well, I don't know, were you an, an avid little reader when you were a young fella? Not a major avid reader, but I was an English major. So oh, I read okay. the classics and I was very taken with things that have form, yeah. uh, that, that have a special kind of idea behind them and that you can you can see what an author is up to as well as just follow the story so for instance in this book and i don't know whether or not you notice it or not because i try to make it that you really feel like you hear the characters voices oh there's no dialogue nobody actually that is so weird in quotation marks in my mind there's dialogue but there's not that's so funny wow you're right there's no because what especially as a filmmaker what I didn't want people to feel like was that for my first novel that I had written a screenplay and right. 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 <laughs> you know, that just called it a novel because you know what, I couldn't get my movie made. So, uh, so I thought, well, I need to do something formal, like from when I was at UCLA and appreciated that. Wow. The other thing that I really did, I think from a kind of a, a formal perspective was that I, I give you different perspectives of characters. So when you change chapters, you often are now, there are three main characters. Right. And when you change chapters, you're often in that person's point of view, in that person's head. Right. And those are things that are impossible to do in a movie. They're very yeah. hard. You can only write what is seen. You can only yeah. write what people say and what people see. But in a book, you can go inside people's yeah. heads. So it was a great freedom. So... So, okay, so the pandemic hits and no one's making movies right away, of course. Everything shuts down. And so you say, okay, well, I've been wanting to do this. Now, are you the kind of guy who, like, once you set yourself to do it, it's going to happen no matter what? Or are you more like, well, let me see? Because you could start and go, ah, 
mm, no, no, thank you. Like, or was right. it like, there was no way once you started, you weren't finishing it. I'm very goal oriented. And I think that does come from this background in filmmaking, which is that we're very used to knowing you know, yeah. you're going to do it. Somebody's expecting it. You're going to deliver it. Now, the only person expecting this was me when it, <laughs> well, it said it was done. But, uh, but, but I set that up for myself, and I at least would get myself, I think, through to the ending. What we did when we were done, I say we because you know I worked with my husband so much, and he was uh, kind of um, was he reading it and giving you feedback? Would be exactly. And like, you know, we were going back and forth on it. Uh, we sent it to a longtime friend who was a publisher, Telekinesis, the, uh, a friend named Mark Givens, to get his feedback on whether or not I had written a book. I mean, here I am, right. I've never done it before, right? So right. I, was, I was saying, I just want to know, have I, have I done this? Uh, and he had a few very strong, great things to say about it and said, oh, and by the way, I want to publish it. Wow. And I was like, oh, well, they always said it's so hard. That was well, so that easy. Was easy. <laughs> Well, it does help being in the entertainment industry. You're just swimming in the waters of people. Who, and you also, being a pro, there's a lot of very, I'm not, they're not nuts, but they're, they're so insecure and frightened and screwed up about their work being criticized and that they can get weird around publishers and agents. And so you uh, obviously you present yourself, but you as a friend as well. But still, it helps knowing how to handle yourself in these waters. I think that that's true. And it's been interesting learning a new industry because uh, having done film for yeah. as long as I have, and even when we moved into documentary, it was a new form of, of the industry. But having done this for as long as I have, there are certain ways that you approach it and certain ways that you know kind of work. And I had to completely figure out yeah. how to how does the book industry even, yeah. I mean, how, do, how do books get delivered? How does somebody right. order one? Like all of those things. Yeah. Uh, whereas it's, in film business, I, you know, I am a pro. I've done it for, for decades now. So I, I interviewed not long before she passed away, Nora Ephron, and she had published another collection. And she was like, you know, I write a book and there's a few people who have a little bit of things riding on it. So I make a movie and I feel like I've got hundreds. Of course, she's making these big hundreds of people. And she, in her mind, the publishing industry was a way simpler, sweeter, easier business than the film industry. And I have friends who work in Hollywood and I, I know what it takes. We even have an independent film, what it takes to get it made. It's yeah. so much simpler to get a book published, even though it's hard for a lot of people, it's still not as complicated, I think, as getting a what film. I'm finding, what I'm finding, I think, is that is that just like with the film industry, there are tiers. And so, you know, there's kind of the big five publishers. Yes, yep, and yep. if you're not with one of them, the rest of the industry kind of uh, dismisses what you've done and you've got to work really hard yeah. to get people to pay attention to it. Whether content is good or bad is a whole different story. It's about whether yeah. that you can cut through and get someone to even know it's there. Yeah, that is the challenge. And, and I think you're probably learning that one of the first problems or challenges with book promotion that you don't have with the nice thing about film promotion, it seems to me, is people can watch a tiny snippet of the thing they're actually going to see. So you can, yeah. whereas with a book, you can't, you can read it, you can try to make little movie trailers, but book trailers, but even those, I don't think they're that effective. You, it, it's so recommendation driven, the nature mm -hmm. of books, Absolutely. almost more than anything else. Yeah, and the other thing about about films is you can send the stars out. You can send right. some beautiful people out. Right, to talk about your movie. You're <laughs> you the star, hide. David. You can hide behind it all. <laughs> well, you you know you'll do all right. I suspect. I mean, you have to you have to 
um, well, I'm not going to give you lectures on it, but you got to, you got to stay, you know, you got to get grounded and get creative. You got to use your creativity in the promotion, just like you did in the writing of it. You and know? you have to enjoy it because, yes. because part of it is that, you know, if you're not having fun trying to get your book out there, then believe me, nobody else is having fun listening yeah. to you trying no. to get your book out there. No. So you just have to have a great time with it. We're driving across country. We're stopping into towns where we know people, yeah. uh, you know, pulling out our friends and then hopefully other people along with it. And so we're going from L.A. to Provincetown. Ah, with my, the, where I grew up in the Providence in Rhode Island. Provincetown is just ah, outside right. Providence. Rhode Island. It's kind of near Providence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, they're the ones that get confused, right? Yes, they Probably. do. Yeah, but they're close. They actually are close. Yeah. yeah. Are close. Wow. Wow. So you really are going. That's yeah. quite the book tour. Yeah. And we're taking the, the two Pitbull girls in the back seat. Wow. Off wow. we go. Well, it's very exciting. Okay. So let me, let's, let, let me ask you this. What was, what was the easy part of writing the novel? In other words, the thing that you just seem, you just seemed to get right away. And what was the hard part? The part that you, it took you the longest to figure out. Huh. Uh, I think the easy part for me, because I, because I come from story, was story. Okay. And knowing that I that I could figure out the machinations of what would happen next, and knowing that I know how to set up and pay off, you know, all all of those uh, parts of storytelling that I've been doing for years. I think the hard part was that I was allowed to do kind of anything. And right. that, that anything is really what makes up the interesting part of a book. So story is important because you got to want to turn the page. But the getting under the skin of things, talking about, you know, the, as I said, the inside of people's heads or the under uh, toe of history that backs up what you're getting engaged with um, was, it, it's not that it was, that, that it was hard to do. It was hard to know where it goes, when to shape it, how much of it to use, uh, because that's a freedom that, that you don't have in filmmaking. That's right. So it was a whole new world just to suddenly be able to do that. The other thing, as I was writing, I was constantly aware of the concept of age count. Like, is this really long <laughs> enough? Because, or will it be too long? Like, because while I write, I don't really, I don't write with a, with a full outline. I write with ideas. Sure. And so I'd be going along and thinking like, well, if I go that quickly to that plot point, how long is this book going to be? And how long do books have to be? Like it's a new industry to me again. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know the parameters of, of what it should or shouldn't be. Well, and that's the weird thing. Added about, you know, 60 pages. What's that? The second draft added about 60 really? pages. Really? Wow. Wow. I went, because I went deeper into those anythings. Yeah. Deeper into all the additional information, spent more time with them, let characters have their own moments. Yeah. You know, all of those, all of those things just added content. Yeah. It's the interesting thing about prose and books is they can be, I mean, the industry says, oh, you know, a suspense novel should be this long or a romance, but really you can do whatever you want. If you, you know, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, which, you know, was published in the seventies, that was 10,000 words. I mean, that thing was like a short story practically, and that sold 44 million copies. And then, you know, the first draft of um, uh, Stephanie Meyer's book, the, um, you know, the vampire teenager, one of the vampire books, what was it? I can't remember. Twilight, the first Twilight book was huge. It was like 900 pages or something. She sent it just this giant box thing into the, so there is no one, 
You can just keep going. I think that's true. Well, that's one of the things, again, that was such so refreshing and so fun about writing a book is that those rules don't exist. Where with screenplays, you know, turning point uh, yeah. by page 10, inciting incident yeah. by page 10, turning point by page 30, yeah. second turning page, point by page 60, no longer than 117 yeah. pages. Yeah. It's like, you know, everything is dictated by rules. The format of how it's written on the page must yep. be done according to these rules. Yep. So to have no rules was very freeing. It was very <laughs> good. And, and But then did you ever want to start craving some rules? I think part of it was like, sounds like you were starting like, give me one or two rules, well, please. Tell me how long it should be, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you could ask my husband, Todd, it's like, how many times did I say, how long should it be? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know how long a book is. And I'd be picking, picking up other people's books and looking only at the last page. 197. Okay. All right. I'll try that. <laughs> I interviewed a guy who was, he worked in television for years. Then he moved over to fiction. He was loving it. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said, I, I finished the first draft of the novel and we had a publisher and they said, we need another uh, 10,000 words or so just to have it fill out on the bookshelf. He's like, what? Cause he came from television where it's like, just get it down. Get it down. I said, yeah, it'll right. Just, just flesh it out a little bit. Yeah. It needs to be a fatter spine. That's right. They want a fatter spine. I'm like, <laughs> you know. All right. So you liked it. Did you enjoy yourself? Would, are you glad I you did it? I really, really did. And also, uh, you know, I've already got an idea for this book uh, for a sequel called 24 Hours from Tulsa. <laughs> so it's 99 miles from L.A., people. And see, right. he's doing, see how clever that is? Good. So 24 okay. miles from Tulsa, you said. Right. 24 hours. 24, 24 hours. Excuse me. Yeah. Which is a Gene Pitney song. See, I did not know okay. that. Right. So it's a, so a couple of song title books. And then I think, I think I got to move off of the song title. Right. But without giving too much away, this book ends in Mexico and I'm moving to Mexico. Yes. So I yes. was like, well, I can go down there, kind of uncover the feelings of being an expat living in Mexico and go a little further with what I have set up here. Well, you know, is it, so do you think, do you, have you found a new addition to your career, do you think? Is it possible? You know, I really hope so, because as I said, in, in my life, the, the kind of top accomplishment, top achievement is to have written a book. I mean, Joan Didion wow. is my hero. Wow, and okay. So to go into a bookstore and go down across, you know, the letters and go E, E, A, E, B and pull that <laughs> off of a shelf was always my dream. Like I was always like, I just want to have a book in a on a bookshelf in a bookstore. Uh, you kind of have it with movies because because you have DVDs, right? Well, we did. Yeah, but it's not the it's not quite it's the not same. the same. It's not the same feeling. And so now having done it, of course, I'm like, well, now I want to do it again. And I have more of an understanding of the whole world and, and what I'm up to with doing it. So uh, yeah, I really hope so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the next one this summer. Okay. And, right. sort of, and sort of see how it goes. I've got a lot of the story worked out in my head, which is exactly how I did this. And then at some point you sit down and try to make it all flow out. I'm, I'm excited for you. This is good. It's good to start off on something like this. You've got the right attitude got the right enthusiasm Thank you also you. have low expectations i know that sounds like a strange thing but i think that sometimes a certain kind of ambition and expectations gum up the works they make it all some of the most successful people i know have had no expectations and that was yeah. what gave them the freedom 
to not care if they succeeded or failed in a way. Yeah, once again, something I learned from the independent film industry. I mean, every time you submit your film to a huge film festival, you have to say, well, it'll happen or it won't happen. I mean, right. the minute you don't get into Sundance, the, your, the price for buying your movie falls off a couple of hundred thousand dollars. So wow. there's many reasons that you care about getting into those festivals that doesn't have to just do with prestige. Right. But, you know, I mean, our films have played Sundance, Cannes, uh, Venice, everything but we've also been rejected from all of those many right. times right so you uh so you learn how to kind of temper those expectations with something like this i'm hoping that we get out there and that we do well for an indie book right that's my that's my big goal this time yeah and the next time maybe i try to think a little bit bigger we'll see and also i mean this is my only piece of publishing advice, which is keep writing them because books more so than films, there's a snowball effect of a thing that, mm. you know, that because people are like, Oh, you know, it won and they go back and buy. And so, especially with fiction writers, and if you stay in the same genre, it's good to keep writing books. You know, you do have the bust, the breakout book, but often careers are built from aggregate, just accumulated. So yeah. you like it, keep doing it, just keep doing it. You know, that's the way to, that's, I think the best path forward. Yeah, because, you know, uh, well, there are those people who have had a blockbuster book and then it takes them, what, you know, 20 plus years, you know, yeah. Goldfinch, right? For example, yeah, yeah, yeah. To come out with that next book and then the first book was a sensation. People are still excited and they care. But it is true that I feel like, you know, people want to people want to have a favorite author. So you could be that favorite author. Right? You could be Somewhere. someone's next favorite <laughs> author. It could be you. Could be you. All right. Not just my mom. No, no. That's good. You start with her and then you move on from there. Uh, all right. David has to go to Mexico. He's a busy guy. But before I send you off south of the border, I got one more question for you. Well, first of all, if people want to find you, is there where's the best place to find out about you and your book? Uh, so for 99 Miles from LA, there's an Instagram page for it and there's a Facebook page for it. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that you just search 99 Miles from LA on either one and find it. Okay. Eversolhughes.com is our website, which is all, you know, mostly about our films, but has other, other things on it as well. Okay. Uh, and that's, you know, my last name and my husband's last name, Eversol. Eversol Hughes. Okay. All right. One more question though. What I want you to do is finish this sentence. Uh -oh. Writing, all the writing you've done. In your short life, David, has taught you anything. It's taught you what? What has writing taught me in my yeah. life? Yeah. Jeez, uh, that's, a, that's a fairly big question, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that it's, it's taught me that life is interesting because when you write, what you're trying to do is bring something through that other people are going to, I don't know, get something out of, uh, be entertained by, uh, be shocked by, whatever it might be. But, but life itself is what you're writing about. And so that life is fascinating and interesting and that what's inside of our, you know, our cabezas uh, is, is kind of what, what it's all about. I like that answer. Yes, life <laughs> is interesting and so are you david congratulations on the book i hope it does great thank you sir thank you thank you for having me on yeah what do you think about that life is interesting of course it is of course it is why write about it otherwise 
You got to believe it. I know it doesn't seem that way sometimes, but it is. It is, it is, it is. Oh, like I like David. I did. Glad I got to talk to him. So, uh, listen, I'm glad I get to talk to you folks every week. It's a lot of fun. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Awesome, sir. And to all of you out there, you know, find something you love to do. It really, it, I don't care what it is. Gardening, hopscotch, balloon animals, anything. Find something you love to do and do it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.